Good afternoon, everyone. This is Constitutional Attorney Katherine Henry. Welcome to this week's episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Uh, today, we have a very interesting topic to uh, discuss, um, <clears throat> something that I think no matter what state you're in, you're going to want to uh, listen at the very least, otherwise um, possibly follow along. We have um, things going on in our country like never before. I mean, in uh, we've always had issues, we've always had corruption, but we have seen in the last two, two and a half years, just an exponential amount of bad stuff happening in our government. And <clears throat> the um, all of those issues have led to a lot of people, average Americans, stepping up and uh, deciding to make the commitment to do something about it. Um, a lot of people have been holding rallies in their states or in their communities, uh, circulating petitions, um, uh, just uh, trying to get certain things on a ballot, um, uh, repealing laws, recalling government officials. Uh, looks like I'm having a little bit of a lag in my um, audio and video, hopefully. Uh, it's okay on your end, but um, with all that we've seen, what we've also seen is uh, a large amount of average Americans stepping up and being willing to run for office, to run for positions that they have never even dreamed in a million years that they would be doing. Um, hi to Sharon on... Um, on Facebook, it looks like Lori's saying we're lagging. All right, guys, give me just one second. I'm going to see if I can make some tweaks on my end to make uh, some of these issues go away. Um, all right. Um, did it clear up? Looks like it cleared up, you said? Okay. Well, let's see. I guess all I had to do was think about clearing it up. I don't know. It's still lagging on my end. Okay. All right. So with that being said, um, all right, good. At least it looks like it's better on Facebook now. Thank you, uh, Sharon and Laurie, for letting me know that. Hopefully those of you watching on the other platforms aren't having any kind of issues. But um so without any further ado, what I want to do today is uh, discuss running for office, right? Let's be honest. Show of hands, not that I can see you, but uh, maybe you're quick at that hand emoji. How many of you truly despise politicians as a general thing, as a general class of people? I do. Uh, definitely. Uh, don't want to be ever considered a politician, don't want to um, allow the crap that politicians have been doing to us to continue. Um, there's nothing really good about politicians. Now, there are some people that run for office who are not politicians. They're just truly real people that are sick of the same old garbage. Um, and I'm not just talking about Democrats or Republicans, all politicians, uh, lifelong politicians, they're not 
they're not doing us any favors. So today, what we're talking about is the question posed, do you have a right to run for office? What does it take to get into that? Oh, there's campaign finance laws and state election laws and sometimes federal election and campaign finance laws. There's uh, potentially things, you know, with the IRS. There's all kinds of things to consider. Absolutely. What does the Constitution say about running for office or more specifically about ballot access? So I'm not going into all the specifics of campaign finance and all that other stuff, but what does the Constitution say about your ability to get your, your yourself or somebody you stand for or a position or, or something else, that you, an issue, onto the ballot for voters in your area, in your state, to vote on? Well, in order to help us frame that discussion, we're going to have state rep candidate John Rocha join us to talk about his situation his lawsuit to be put back, uh, to put his name back on the August ballot, the decision that came out from the Michigan Supreme Court, which I believe was last Tuesday, and what he's doing now. Now, if you want to go into specifics about what John stands for, uh, where he stands on various issues, that kind of thing, this is not an interview like I had done with gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly or uh, Secretary of State candidate Christina Caramo. This is a different set of circumstances, so it's not just a candidate interview, okay? If you want to look into those issues, I want you to check out votejohnrocha.com, and you'll see it here in a little bit as well. Um, I'll have it up on the screen for those of you who weren't quick enough to grab a pen and write it down as I said it. Don't worry about it. We'll come back to that, but we are not talking about the politics of his campaign, the the issues he stands for. Um, so, um, I don't think it's that one, Lori. I think it's votejohnrosha.com. I could be wrong. Well, ask John. Hold on, let me bring him in. All right. So, with that being said, everyone. All right, we've got John with us here today. And Hi, Catherine. You, you can okay, good. I can hear you good. You can hear me good. Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. All right. Well, generally speaking, no one's ever accused me of being too quiet. So there's always that. <laughs> All right. Um, so it looks like Lori did put, um, is the website vote, J-O-N-R-O-C-H-A.com? That's correct. Yep. Okay. So Lori's got that on our channels. Um, okay. So what I want to do briefly is I'm going to kind of take this a little bit out of chronological order just to help people understand. But as of May 1st, 2022, you were a um, candidate for the Republican primary for state rep house district. What's the new number? Uh, district 78. 78. So yep. as of May 1st, is that is that statement correct? As of May 1st, you were a candidate um, for the Republican primary ballot for state rep house district uh, 78 in the state of Michigan. That is absolutely correct. Okay. So, and this is where I want to make sure that my mind, because I've gone through some pretty big trauma stuff in my life in the last two years. I want to make sure that I'm not uh, misremembering some information of conversations you and I have had for the last two years. But um, you, um, I'm going to say... 
a year ago, maybe over a year ago, you had decided you were going to actually run for U.S. Congress. Is that right? Or you were thinking yep. about it? Yep, okay, that's right. I filed for U.S. Congress in uh, the end of March of 2021. Okay, so my memory is not failing me too badly. Okay, so you had actually filed um, all the correct paperwork. You were a legitimate candidate for um, Republican, the Republican nomination for U.S. Congress, and um, and what district was that? Uh, district six. It was currently held by uh, Republican Fred Upton. Okay, so for those of you who follow Michigan politics at all, Fred Upton is. Um, I know a lot of you don't like the term rhino, but Batman literally is a Republican in name only. He has, I'm pretty sure, held a solid D minus average from conservative groups as far as all of his voting histories have gone. Um, I've never seen it above a D minus. Maybe there's a different ranking out there that could be, but I've actually seen Democrats and Green Party candidates with higher conservative ratings than Fred Upton. Nice guy. Definitely not a conservative. Okay. No. So that's that's who John was initially looking at challenging when he filed in March of 2021. Okay. So we're talking, what is this month? So we're talking 15 months ago. Then correct me if I'm wrong, John, but at some point thereafter, uh, I'll just say the powers that be approached you and said, hey, listen, we actually have somebody else that is running for or would like to run, is planning to run for this congressional seat to challenge him. And we'd like you to step aside for this particular race. And if you were running for something else, that's fine. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, it's sort of. Essentially what it was, was, you know, we were there were about four of us in that in that race. Um, and uh, representative, current representative, state representative Steve Cara actually had received the Donald Trump endorsement. Um, and as I'm looking at this race, I, I decided, you know, a lot of my heart, a lot of my passion and soul was in state politics. Um, and, and so I looked at the Trump endorsement and I looked at the help that the state needed. And I, I kind of made a decision after talking and, and with some advisors and people across the state and said, I think instead of splitting a grassroots vote, I think we can help the state. And so I decided to go ahead and take a step down from that and run for a state rep seat. Okay. And at the time that you entered uh, the state rep seat, sorry, I was trying to fix my lighting because I look like I'm albino um, and living in Florida. You shouldn't look more tan than I look right now because you're in Michigan and I'm in Florida. But anyway, <laughs> um, so um, so when you entered the race, um, you essentially switched at the same time, right? You There wasn't really too much of a gap between coming out of the congressional race and going right on into the state house race. Is that correct? Yeah, it was right in, uh, right in the middle of October of last okay. year. October, 2021. All right. Correct. So, and this is for the um, August um, 2nd, I believe August 2nd uh, primary uh, in the state of Michigan, which if you won that would put you on the November ballot uh, for that running against whoever the Democrat and other candidates from different parties would be. That's correct. Um, okay. So when you started, uh, what, what did you say that house district number was? Yeah. So the house district number at the time was the 87th house district. 87th. Okay. Um, and uh, can you tell me at the time, generally the, the location like big cities or counties in that, in that district? 
Yeah, so generally at the time, uh, at the time it was Hastings, um, Nashville, Ionia, Portland. Those were kind of the big cities of the 87th district. Okay. And for those of you just joining, that's in Michigan. Um, so you had uh, basically bowed out of the um, congressional district race, congressional race, to um, go into a state rep race because, you know, there were other conservatives in that um, congressional race and you didn't want to split the grassroots, basically. Um, so you moved over to um, the... Um, the state house race. And then that was October, 2021. And then I want to say December was when the December, January, maybe is when the uh, state of Michigan was finalizing their new district maps. Does that sound about right? Yep. End of December, they finalized those maps. And of course things were challenged in the appeals courts and whatnot in Michigan. And it is what it is basically. So um, it was the uh, 87th and it's now the 78th where you are, correct? Yes, correct. And then did you pick up any different big communities or lose, you know, like how did the district change for you? So for the most part, it was the same. Um, the original 87th had the entire uh, Barry County and most of Ionia. The way this changed is it, it took half of Barry County, again, most of Ionia, but then it picked up sections of Kent County. And so the city of Lowell, and then parts of Eaton County, some small rural townships in Eaton County, 23 townships altogether. Okay. So um, that's basically for those of you who are in Michigan or who you know, know Michigan well, I just wanted to give you a really context. The location doesn't matter exactly for what we're going to be learning about or talking about with the Constitution today, but I wanted to let you know um, uh, where. So if you are in Michigan and you're following along and you're deciding who to support in races, uh, hopefully this will give you at least that information to know uh, where John is at and um, what his district, you know, what areas his district covers. So, um, <clears throat> okay. So you're in the race, you're running, you've been pretty active since, you know, the beginning, basically since the congressional race, you're out there, um, you've got huge yard signs, you've got campaign handouts or campaign lit as they call it. Uh, you've been going to events and rallies. You've, um, have you hosted any of your own events? I have a ton of my events, meet and greets. We've given off shotguns, dinners, um, all kinds of different things. So we've done a ton of our own events as well. Yep. Wait a minute. You're giving out shotguns and you didn't even think to ask me if I wanted to. <laughs> Had to be there to win it. Oh, oh, you wait till I move down here and then hold those. I see how oh, it is. Beautiful bullpup too. 12 gauge semi-auto. Oh, it's gorgeous. Okay. So you, you have quite a bit invested into this then you, um, sure. It's been, you know, like when I ran for state rep, there were five people in my race. And for the most part, there were two and a half of us <laughs> that were really there at all of the events. There were others that I can't even tell you the fifth guy's name. Uh, the fourth guy, I remember a little bit about him, but he didn't really go to many events or things like that. I don't think he held any of his own. Um, and um, the you know, the, the guy that won started to go to more and more events. I'm not even sure if he hosted his own, but anyway, it's, it's not one of those situations where you were somebody who was listed as being in the race, but you weren't really doing very much. You've been out there since 
you know, the beginning. So your, your goal was to be a whole year and a half into this before the primary. And then because of um, other factors, you ended up um, basically leaving it up to another uh, grassroots candidate in, in the first race you're in, moving over to this other one, but without skipping a beat, you just kept going at it, kept going to events and hosting your own things, getting your campaign lit and signs out there, getting volunteers. Oh, we lost John. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's where he was with that. Um, this is unfortunately the part that I really wanted him to talk about the, um, let me see. I'm just going to check my phone guys to see if he lost battery, if he's able to jump in there. Um, goodness gracious. Now my phone is malfunctioning. Sorry, guys. Um, it's technological difficulties here, everywhere we go here today. Okay, we got John back. Yeah, All right. the, uh, the phone got so hot in Michigan. It's it's roughly about 105 degrees temperature rise. The iPhone said, "Oh no, you're too hot," and it shut down just now. So, <laughs> yikes! Well, hopefully you got it next to an air conditioning vent then. Oh, oh it is. It is. <laughs> Um, I think it's actually hotter there than it is here today. It's only 90 here. Mm. Um, so you could come down. I'm just saying. Anyway. All right. So <laughs> we uh, we were just talking about, you know, that you were a very active candidate uh, in this campaign. And as of, um, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, how many how many candidates were there in your race then? So there were four active candidates in our race uh, three weeks ago. Yep, there were four of us total as far as Republicans, and there's one Democrat in, in the Democratic primary. Okay, and so um, as of right now, are there three names that will be printed on the ballot as far as you know? Yes, three names. Okay, so basically everyone, um, what happened is um, kind of a... <laughs> It's, I'm thinking, I hope you are able to come up, John, with the a very short way to say the craziness that happened, because I know my jaw was hitting the floor when you called to tell me what was happening, and it's enough to fill a full legal brief to be submitted to the Michigan Supreme Court. So um, I want to make sure we're discussing the, um, you know, the other pieces that go along with that and where do things go from here. So can you kind of give our viewers what what happened in the race? So, so I guess the, the easiest way to explain it is there's really two forms you got to fill out. And I think that's important to know. An affidavit of identity, which just describes you are who you say you are, you live where you say you are, and by penalty of perjury, you don't owe Mich the state of Michigan any fines or fees. The second form is a statement of organization. It says, this is the district I'm running for. This is the office I'm running for. Here's where my financials are located. That's all it is. And we filed that back in October. I file all that information, but when redistricting changed, the numbers changed, like we were talking about earlier. So we had to find a way to change our district numbers so that we could actually be printed on the ballot for the correct district. Uh, going back and forth with the Secretary of State, they could not figure out a way of doing it in their system. Apparently, their system was not ready for the redistricting numbers. And so they essentially said to us, well, we know you filled out your affidavit of identity already, but just for the sake of changing your district number, can you fill out a second one? We said, you know what, whatever. 
We tried it a couple different ways. It didn't work. So on February 18th, we filled out a second affidavit of identity saying, I am John Roche. I live where I live. I own no fines or fees with the state. Well, on February 16th, just a day and a half earlier. I'm going to pause you right there just for a second. So everybody, if Mm -hmm. you didn't catch that, because he's just giving you the background and sometimes people kind of gloss over. This actually was like the important thing to listen to. Okay. So there's a piece of paper that you're filling out that literally is, it's, it's, you know, here's who I am. I'm running for office and I'm declaring that I don't owe any um, fines or fees to the Bureau of Elections for prior um, elections um, that I've been a part of where I've had a campaign and I I did something wrong or had an whatever, an oops, and I ended up owing money to the state of Michigan for that campaign. And I'm, I'm saying now I'm starting this new campaign and I don't owe any fines or fees um, to the state of Michigan for any other campaigns that I may have run in the past. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, he filled out saying, and there's no option to say, I don't know, or as far as I'm aware, or um, yes, I think I might owe some, but the state hasn't given me any information on it. It's, you know, basically you're saying to the best of your ability, you don't know of anything that you owe the state of Michigan for the Bureau of Elections and um, that you're starting this basically with a clean slate with this new uh, campaign. Now, this is something he filled out uh, in October for that very race, but then with redistricting two or three months later, uh, the state still wasn't able to fit. And I'm, I called John. I'm like, dude, you said you're running, but I don't see you in this race. And uh, he's like, oh, no, they're working on it. They're working on it. So I could tell you that as it was happening, John was in touch with the Bureau of Elections trying to figure out what was going on and how to get his name uh, to display properly so he would be printed on the ballot. He had all the other, you know, whatever signatures, whatever fi- you know, fee, um, you either, uh, at least it was, you either paid $100 or you turned in X amount of signatures to get your name on the ballot and, you know, check a bunch of other boxes. He did all that. This was just... Um, we're talking about the piece of paper you're initially filing when you're starting your campaign. And it was filed in October, done right and everything. But redistricting happened everywhere because of the census. So uh, he just needed to update the number of the district from 87 to 78. That was it. And they didn't know how to do it. And they eventually said, okay, we'll just redo this beginning piece of paper. When he did that, he had received no information from the state that he owed any information or owed any uh, fi- fines or fees or anything when he signed it. That's what he was signing to. So then, John, let us know what happened after that. So on the 19th, the day later, I received a piece of mail from the Secretary of State said, John Rosha. On the 16th, the letter the letterhead's dated February 16th, the Secretary of State has assessed a $250 fine to your campaign for a previously late filing. You know, if you file late, you get these fees or whatever, and the Secretary of State will levy them on you. On February 16th, we levied this fine on you. Please pay by March 18th. Um, uh, It's due on that date. So I received this letter in my mailbox on the 19th, and I promptly sent the, the picture of the letter and an explanation to my treasurer and said, hey, we've got to pay this. We owe this money. And we actually physically went down to the Secretary of State's office on March 7th, paid with a check and took care of it, $250. And continued to run, campaign, knock doors, go to rallies, do everything that we needed to do. 
that's what we're at what happened next floored everybody because on the 17th of may i received an email that said i was disqualified from the ballot and not allowed to run because according to their system i owed a fine on the 16th of february and signed an affidavit that said i owed no fines or fees on the 18th of february thus i falsified a document and was disqualified from the 2022 election nice that it was uh I'll, I'll just let people know at this point the middle of may the ability to file a third form was now cut off you were they waited until after the cutoff date for filing uh before telling you that form number two was bad and they never told you that you did anything wrong with form number one and you should only you're legally by the way only ever required to have one of these affidavits filed but the um the situation in this case it was just supposed to be uh the way that these government officials could finally figure out how to put the right number uh the updated district number on his candidacy so he showed up on the correct ballot <laughs> so then they're saying oh the deadline to fix or file any paperwork is now gone but just so you know you can't actually be on the ballot this year no 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 because you you lied you owed money now just because you didn't know about it doesn't mean anything i mean we didn't tell you about it it didn't get in the mail to you but uh you still you 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 know you're not allowed to run so you ended up hiring an attorney and yep. uh you and you're not the only person there were 25 26 candidates across the state that yep. this happened to. correct so you um you had your attorney file and where which court was it initially filed in it was a uh, court of appeals okay so because i thought it was pretty fast to get to the supreme court but that explains it so um a lot of times in um election law where there's something super timely that's happening um i can't remember if it's in the state constitution or if it's just a state law or both but anyway some there's a provision in michigan that with certain super timely uh election day stuff you basically jump the first few levels of court and you go right into the court of appeals then if the court of appeals um doesn't you know follow the correct procedures or they come to the wrong result or something like that and you want to challenge it you still have time to make it in front of the michigan supreme court and that's what happened in your case correct the court of appeals um was correct. going to leave that decision so that you wouldn't be on the ballot and um, so you, your, your attorney filed in the Michigan Supreme Court. I haven't had a chance to even peek at the brief that he filed, but I've heard from other people that it lays it out pretty clearly uh, about why it is that you have the right to be on the ballot. And um, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the main thing that the commonality that anybody could find or the common sense piece that anybody could find with this is that when you fill that out, you're filling it out to the best of your knowledge and ability. And some legal forms, that's literally the wording that's used. So it means, you know, if there's something you should have known about, but you were lazy and you didn't open your mail, you can't claim you didn't know about it. But something that literally was just being sent to you and they didn't email it to you, they didn't send it to you in a way, I mean, you're standing at the counter um, that if you're filing, they don't, you know, give you any kind of indication there 
Um, I mean, with all the electronic crap that we have these days, especially with um, the state reporting systems, with elections and everything, you think they would be able to figure that one out, how to let you know something in the moment. But they're not saying you should have known or that you did know. What they're saying is it doesn't matter that you didn't know. It doesn't matter that you could not have known. You just don't get to have this. So is there, what else did the Supreme Court say that I guess sticks out to you? So interestingly enough, we had a um, two dissenting opinions, one from Viviano, one from Bernstein, and they both agreed that um, a candidate or anybody should have knowledge or to the best of their knowledge to falsify a document that you cannot sign a document and falsify if you have no knowledge of that. Uh, it, the, the way that the appeals court and the way the opinion of the Supreme Court would lay it out would be uh, a, a good example would be, for instance, if I was to run um, and I signed my name, John Rowe. Hold on. Hold on. We're losing you. Oh, OK. Uh, sorry, um, we're losing you. Oh, no, pro no problem. So a great simile would be if the courts came back and I was running and I signed my name, John Roche, and they said, well, Mr. Rocha, um, you were adopted at one years old and your original birth certificate name was John Doe, um, but you signed John Rocha here, that's falsifying a document. And you go, well, I didn't know I was adopted. I had no idea. And they go, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have knowledge of that. That is, their, that is the logic behind what, this, what they're trying to, to describe here is you don't have to have knowledge. You falsified it, period. Right. So, um... <laughs> All right, so hopefully, I don't see any questions. If, if any of you that are watching um, have any questions, <clears throat> you know, please jump in and write your question on there. Basically, at this point, I just wanna know if you guys understand the factual basis for what we're talking about. It's literally as simple as John said it, it is. Um, so uh, basically, I wanna know, well, um, I guess you and I didn't talk about this. I normally go until one o'clock on my show um, are you able to stick with us? Uh, yep. I'm going to, I'm actually driving up right now to, um, to go over some strategy about something we're going to talk about, uh, tomorrow on a Facebook live, because I have some very, very big news coming out, um, having to deal with elections and stuff, but yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be driving for the next 40 minutes. So you've okay. got, you've got me stuck in a car until then. Okay. All right. Um, and you, um, well, are you able to tell us now what you're doing next? Or is, is that what you're talking about doing a Facebook tomorrow about? Uh oh, you're frozen. If you can hear us, you are frozen. But I would love to have you update us on what options you have in front of you right now. Looks like you're... Oh, there you are. Okay. Here I am. So okay, I'm so sorry, what was that? Yeah, just wanted to know what what are your options at this point? So there's there's two options. Uh, one option is to um, sit back and say, oh, shucks. Um, I guess better luck next time the government got me. Dang, government. Um, or I do have an opportunity to do something uh, completely historic and unprecedented, and that would be is running as a write-in uh, in, in this election. So those are my two options. Okay. 
And you're talking about running as a write-in um, just on the primary at this point. We're not talking about where we normally see people running as a write-in. It's in the general election. And, you know, they may not align with um, any of the parties um, or something of that nature. But we're talking about running as a write-in for the Republican primary in August. That's correct. Um, and and so at this point, there are three names um, that will be pre-printed on the Republican primary ballot for the uh, 70, the newly created 78th House District in the state of Michigan. Um, now, I didn't totally vet uh, the other three people or anything like that. But um, in fact, I can't even recall what two of the names are. So it's possible I, I know them or don't even know them. But I know that one of them is someone that ideologically is very similar to you. Um, and um, my understanding is that she's kind of a new, I don't want to say transplant, but she, she was living in another district and is now living in your district. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. She, uh, she's uh, moved in there roughly towards the end of the year, uh, December, January timeframe, after I'd already started running in this district. Okay. So, um, and, you know, I know that, in fact, I've I actually received um, several, you know, phone calls and, and um, text messages about this. Uh, there's some concern that um, people are having um, essentially saying, well, you know, grassroots, we got to stick together. There's one grassroots candidate left in that race. Uh, you need to essentially do us a favor and bow out and then run for something else next time. Um, nobody that I've heard of has said that you as a candidate are, you know, bad or that your issue, your stance on issues is questionable or anything like that. But the concern is um, having that cohesive grassroots, um, you know, ability to stick together behind candidates. Um, I guess that's why I wanted to point out in this election cycle, you've already done that once. You did that right. in the congressional race. So that was like, those were conversations that were already had where there was a grassroots candidate uh, just like yourself. And, um, you know, basically the suggestion was put to you, hey, uh, could you step aside in this particular race and let this other candidate um, you know, so, th so there's no splitting of the grassroots support and votes. And you, you did that. You're like, you know what, for the betterment of, you know, our state of the district. Yes, I will run for something else. Um, so I can make a difference because quite frankly, we need people in every single district at every single level of government. It's not like we have all these extra good people that are running in all these places. No, we don't. Um, so you were doing your responsibility your duty as a citizen to try to take back our government. Um, and you right. had a mutual incredible flexibility by already bowing out of one race during this very election cycle. Yes. So what do you think? Um, are you, um, do you know what it is that you would do? Did you say that? And I missed it. I'm trying not to let any cats out of any bags here, but um, have you decided what your path forward generally is going to be at this point? It 
it looks like you are freezing a lot here. So I'm not sure if you can hear us or not. I, I'm sorry, I missed that, Catherine. Yeah, uh, just wondered if you yep, were able to you. share with us what is the uh, what is your general direction that you're going to go now? Are you willing to share that with us here? You're freezing pretty bad. No, without really, I know I, it's you got to love the area, right? Um, so without letting the cat out of the bag, there's a lot of things that. Um, essentially that's what I'm going to today. Right. I've got a, I've got a meeting with some important people. I've spoken with a lot of people across the state, people much smarter than me. Um, I've spent three weeks, um, after this news came being beaten down, being demoralized, losing sleep, trying to figure out what the best course of action was. Uh, you know, I've spent uh, the betterment of the last several years fighting against time irony to always be the fighter on their side that I would always be the person that would stand up um, and, and start to take these individuals down and start to take and, and fix the corruption in the system not because I'm better than anybody else but because I'm fed up and I'm willing to do it who am I if nothing else but a hypocrite if We're losing you again, John. John, can you hear us? Uh, I'm not sure if sure if you're seeing um, a lag on your side or not, but we are definitely seeing. And I'm not going to fight anymore. Uh oh. Oh, hold on. There we go. Okay. So we I, didn't I hear much of anything. Okay. We didn't hear much of anything of what you said. You were cutting out pretty bad, but um, have you, um, you're, is it fair to say you're deciding, you're still deciding whether you're going to run this time as a, a write-in candidate or, or what you're going to do, or did you make that decision already? Uh, we have made the decision um, already. Um, we are making moves and setting things up and we'll be announcing what we're doing going forward tomorrow night. Okay. In, in the official um, capacity, if you will. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let me do this. I'm gonna have you hang out here, but um, you're cutting out still pretty bad. I'm hoping that maybe as you, uh, continue the drive. You, you'll pick up a little bit better signal. I'm going to go through some of the uh, pieces about the Constitution and what people need to know about ballot access. And uh, if you're still available to us and your signal is good, I'm going to jump back in to some conversation uh, as it specifically relates to what you're doing. So if you can hang in there with us, if we lose you, um, that sucks, but I'm sure we'll touch base <laughs> some other time when you have a better signal. Um, okay guys, so we still have John. Um, I'm just going to pop him out of here. Um, okay. So we have John in the background here, um, hoping his signal will get better and we can have him 
um, come back, but I, mm, no, let's see which one's the best. I really want this to be full screen. It's not going to quite let me do that, is it? Okay. Hang on one second with me, guys. I'm going to try to make this. Okay. Let's see if I can make this bigger for you. Um, yikes. Don't want to go too big. You still probably can't see it. If you guys can let me know if you can see any of this. Um, oh, geez. That's going to be super big. Okay. All right. So basically what I wanted to do is go over um, the, we just went over John's situation, um, his lawsuit that he filed just recently, all within the last month to get his name back on the ballot. Um, the decision that was made at the Court of Appeals, uh, the decision that was made at the Michigan Supreme Court level. Uh, and uh, we kind of touched on um, what he is um, doing now, although he said that the, they'll make a full announcement. I think they said tomorrow on a Facebook live. I think that's what he was saying. So, um, I would assume you'll also see information on his website, which we posted for you uh, earlier, votejohnrosha.com. Um, the, um, whatever you do, uh, if, if you, if John is saying that he is running as a write-in candidate and, um, if you, don't like that idea, you can't support that or whatever. If you're grassroots, I would ask that at the very least you would vote for Gina Johnson because she is the one who is most um, alike in um, conservative values with John and with myself. Uh, so in theory, if you're watching this, it's because you um, feel that you align with the conservative principles that uh, John and I stand for. So at any rate, um, I would encourage you to stay tuned with John, uh, watching his, um, his website and his social media tomorrow for the announcement that he's going to make. Um, and if for whatever reason, either he's not going to run anymore on this campaign, even as a write-in, um, or if you, for whatever reason, um, choose to not support John anymore, even if he's running again, um, then please uh, support Gina Johnson and not the other two. That's just my own personal uh, two cents there. So, uh, and just for what it's worth, I've known John for the last two years, I believe. Uh, and I've known Gina Johnson for, I don't know, eight, seven years, something like that for a long time. Okay. So man, there's a lot here on the screen. Well, uh, it is what it is, people. I couldn't make it quite as pretty as I wanted to make it, but it is, uh, although it's not as easy to navigate on the eyes, it is easy to navigate um, clicking wise, which I mean, which means I probably should have shared this link to this PDF. We will get that out as soon as we are done. I will get this PDF shared out with you. Uh, Lori will post it in the comments. Um, I think she'll be able to go back in and edit the description and share it that way. Um, it's like a moment like that because I totally forgot to even have this shared. Um, and let's see, when did that come in? Okay. So John looks like he's good there. Let's see. Um, let's see if I can add John back in here. 
John, are you with us? Hey, there I am. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's way better. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that I said things correctly. Um, that I was able to hear with all the connection problems we were having, that as far as what things are going on, you um, have now made a decision about what it is that you and the campaign are going to do moving forward, uh, but you're um, having some last minute discussions with some uh, really intelligent people that wanna you know, make sure things are done the right way. And so your goal is to make the full public announcement tomorrow. So people are going to learn then if you are staying in the race this time as a write-in candidate, or if you are stepping out of this race and um, doing something different, is that correct? Uh-oh, we lost you again. <laughs> At least you have a very interesting and smart look on your face that you're frozen with. Oh, we might have you back. You're very choppy though. Oh, no, we lost you again. There we go. Shoot. That's yes. Better right there. We are, um, you know, you are, you are freezing, um, about literally every other second I'm getting, um, getting you frozen. You'll come unfrozen for a second. Well, I'm going to give it an, yeah, another minute to see it's if you better. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's not any better. Um, let's give it a okay, minute better. to see if, <laughs> if we can get you back, um, a little bit more fully. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm just gonna, I'll leave you on screen, but I'm just gonna mute your button for now. Um, okay. Okay, so, all right guys. So basically what I wanna do is um, is let you know what 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 is all this about, right? So do you have a right to run for office in any office? Uh, what does the Constitution say about ballot access, about getting your name on the ballot as a candidate or your position or whatever, your party? This document that we will share with you uh, when the episode is over, if you click on this purple stuff here, these are um, basically chunks. Um, it's kind of the outline. It's not a typical outline format. I've used longer sentences in there, but you can click on each one of those and it'll uh, jump to that part of the document so you can navigate through this. So this is uh, the purple again is just what we're covering in this topic. Um, and let's see. Um, oh, yes. Um, yeah, Lori, let's see if we can, you might be able to send a private chat to John that he could possibly respond to that question for Kimberly in a private chat. And then we could share his answer um, in the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the video here, since he's uh, still looking a little bit choppy and frozen. Um, all right, so hopefully Lori will send that. John, if you can hear me, there's a question that came out that uh, uh, I think Lori's gonna try to send to you. Um, okay, so basically, um, what we have here, I want to take a step back a little bit. I wish there was like some halfway in between, but I'm seeing nothing. I'm going to go back to hundred percent, um, maybe fit with there. Ah, okay. Whatever. Hopefully you can read it. It is very small now. So <laughs> unfortunately, um, to answer this question, do you have a right to run for office? Do you have a right to be a candidate? We have to really take a step back, a big step back and go, wait a minute. Where do you get your permission to act? Where do you get your permission to do anything? 
what are the people allowed to do and why? Well, we get our blessings from God, not the government. For those of you who may be new and uh, you're wondering why I'm talking about God and you think there's a separation of church and state and all that other fun stuff, there's not. Those words don't exist in the Constitution, etc. But let's look at what does appear in the Constitution. The words, we the people, uh, because that's who is in charge here. We the people wanted to, quote, secure the blessings of liberty, capital B, capital L. We the people wanted to secure the blessings of liberty. That is uh, written in the U.S. Constitution preamble. If you look at the Michigan Constitution, uh, that preamble says it even much more clearly. We the people of the state of Michigan, grateful to almighty God for the blessings of freedom. Literally, Almighty God says right there, we get our blessings of freedom from God. We are all, and this is the Declaration of Independence, we are all endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, like liberty, liberty to run for office, liberty to do a whole bunch of things. Um, so uh, I also want you to take a peek at the Ninth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, or uh, if you're in Michigan, specifically look at Article 1, Section 23 of the Michigan Constitution. If you're in another state, chances are you have the same provision in your own state constitution as well. Uh, but we, the people, retain all rights even those that are not enumerated in the Constitution, and the government has the duty to protect those rights. So if you've never heard of that, if you didn't think of that, if you thought all of our rights are only what's given to us in the Constitution, uh, back up and realize God gave us our liberty. God gave us all of our rights. We are preserving them and protecting them in the Constitution. Uh, we're not getting the our rights from the Constitution. And in fact, those that are listed in the Constitution are not even all the rights that we have. We have and we retain and keep all the other God-given liberties. And the government's job is to protect all of those rights. Um, so let me see. Oh, does it look like he's not freezing? Okay, I'm going to pause right there on that note. Oh, I almost removed John. Okay, so John, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, yeah, loud and clear. I'm, I'm actually running through Elto right now, about to hit into 96. So you know where I'm at, right on Alden Nash Highway. Uh, that would be an area that I used to run in then because part of your new district, it was actually part of my old 86th district that I was running for when I lived in Belding. But so I certainly know Alden Nash <laughs> all too well. Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, hopefully this is the last time that I have to um, bother you with this question, but I wanna make sure that the viewers have the answer. Um, so you are um, definitely considering whether you're going to stay in the race, but this time as a writing candidate where people would have to write your name and spell it correctly. Um, and uh, you'll be making that announcement tomorrow. And yeah. If it's not that decision, you have something else in mind. Um, but either way, you have um, some announcements to make for people tomorrow. Do you have a time yet? Yep. So tomorrow, 8 p.m. on my Facebook page, we'll be going live and, and we're going to be discussing everything and, and what we've discussed. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be live there and, and we'll, we'll announce it fully there and, and make that decision. Okay. Now, um, I was trying to read expressions on your face, but it was often stuck in in one spot like i just did a lovely uh imitation of myself 
Um, but anyway, the um, so I couldn't tell what your reaction was to this, and I didn't tell you ahead of time, but should either A, you decide to not run at all, you don't want people to write your name in, that kind of thing, or B, uh, someone chooses that they... Um, you know, cannot support you either. They just, there's something about you. They just don't like guys or whatever. Uh, or they, um, you know, don't like supporting writing candidates or whatever the case may be. So either a, you're not choosing to run as a write-in or B, someone just chooses to not represent, uh, or excuse me, support you. Would you suggest that Gina Johnson would be the closest ideological candidate to your stance on issues? Yeah, Gina is definitely the closest to my ideal, ideological stances. And as far as anybody else left in the race, um, I, I would say the Democrat is better than uh, one of the people that's in the race is a Republican, sadly. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would say she's definitely closest to, uh, to my stances and, and, and what I believe in. Okay. So just putting that out there for those of you who are in that district. And uh, again, that's the new, uh, newly created Michigan House District 78. Uh, and as far as an instantaneous backing out, um, I'm assuming, John, you would say that one of the things you have to consider when you um, are deciding whether or not you're going to bow out of uh, this race is uh, the number of people who have chosen to support you in your campaign and what you think that would serve their interests the best. Is, is that right? Well, and, and that's exactly right. We have some very, very large, um, you know, endorsements, not just the, I mean, we have a ton of groundwork, a ton of supporters that have been out there knocking doors, who have been raising funds, who have been putting together house parties and phone calls and text messages. I mean, it's unbelievable the support that we have um, all around the district and beyond the district, people that are outside the district doing it. But we have support from people, constitutionally minded uh, and liberty minded individuals such as yourself, Catherine Henry, uh, who's endorsed me, such as uh, former state rep uh, Dave Agema, such as constitutional sheriff Darleaf in Barry County, uh, Ted Nugent, the madman himself, and obviously President Donald Trump has endorsed our campaign. Um, amongst a whole host of other people who believe that our campaign is truly an America first, Michigan first agenda, and that we're not going to bow uh, to these people who are going to try everything they can and are doing everything they can to make sure that we don't get control of the government. We don't give it back to the people because they want to maintain that control. Um, and I can't consciously, consciously do that to the people when I've said I, I would always fight for them and I would always do it. Um, and as long as there's a fight left in me, this Marine Corps veteran, it feels like I have to, to, to die on this hill. Um, and if, if this is not where God wants me to be and this is not what's supposed to happen, well, then we'll find out on August 2nd. But that doesn't mean I'm out of the fight one way or the other. I'm fighting. Um, and that's what I, I, you know, I raise my hand. I serve this Constitution. I serve the good Lord. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to fight. I'm going to continue to do it for the people and restore our constitutional rights back to the people the way it should have been all along. Okay. Well, if you can still hang out with us, um, I'm sure I'll have more questions for you. I want to kind of get back into letting people know um, why 
you would have those rights. Um, I'm guessing some of the arguments that your attorney might have been bringing to the Supreme Court or maybe some of the things that um, the two dissenting justices might have pointed out, but in any uh, regard, what people need to know about their own right to be able to run for office, to be a candidate, uh, to have their own campaign for um, any kind of uh, position in government or issue that they want to bring forth. So um, if you can uh, hang out with us and I'm going to come back to you. Um, so, um, all right, uh, everyone, uh, you've heard from John himself uh, on those issues. And that's why, you know, I wanted to give you a real world example of how this is happening. It's something that's crazy. It's unfortunate that there's uh, a few different things going on all at the same time because, you know, you have um, some different people. Uh, grassroots people all running for the same spot in the one race and then uh, John bowing out to, to let the other uh, candidate go. Um, and, and then you have redistricting and then anyway, you just have this huge mess and it's a government created mess. If government had been able to get their stuff together correctly and fix the um, district number for all of those people that were already running they should have sent out something or they should have had programmed their systems to do something that that address, that candidacy address was now going to be district number X. And to send them all notices, we now have you listed as being a resident of district number whatever. Um, and if you no longer wish to run in that particular district, which now covers this, 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 and this, then please, um, you know, follow the appropriate procedures to close out your, your candidacy with the state of Michigan. That's what should have happened. Uh, and that is not at all what happened. Uh, they put the onus on the candidates to try to navigate with no clear way, no clear path at all to simply updating their information because the district lines had been moved. Um, so again, when you think about that, you have to go back to, we don't get our permission to act from the government. We have blessings of liberty from God. All of our rights that we guarantee uh, that we're protecting in the Constitution are just the ones that our founding fathers decided were most at risk for being trampled upon, but they wanted to impress upon people in the Ninth Amendment and in our state constitutions as well, that all of the unenumerated rights, all of the rights that are not laid out specifically in the Constitution are still God-given liberties that we're not going to part with. We're not just giving those those rights up. So um, that goes hand in hand then with the fact that we the people hold the sovereign power here in the United States. Um, we have, um, uh, you know, the Citizens Protecting Michigan's Constitution case. That is a Michigan Supreme Court case about ballot access from 2018, not that long ago. And that court noted in multiple ways that um, we the people hold sovereign, uh, the sovereign power. Uh, also, you need to look at the U.S. Constitution, Article 4, which guarantees us that Republican form of government, where we elect people to do the daily tasks of government on our behalf, but where we retain the ultimate control and authority. Or you can look at your state constitution, such as the Michigan Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, that explicitly says all political power is inherent in the people. It's not given to the people. It's not assigned to the people. It's not being used by the people. It's inherent in the people. And uh, that we, the people, 
of the U.S. Uh, established our Constitution as it starts off in our U.S. Constitution preamble. And we, the people of the state of Michigan, uh, established the state Constitution as it starts off in the state Constitution uh, preamble. Uh, I had it bigger there and it just got small. So I'm not sure what my computer is doing now. Okay, so what about the government's authority to make regulations? Our true or false question today was kind of getting to that. Do you have this right to run for office, to be a candidate for government, to be part of this uh, republic? Or do you, does the government, uh, state government or local government or whomever, does the government have this inherent authority to, um, you know, to act, to, to make regulations, to make restrictions. Um, and so where does the government get its authority to act and what are its limits? Well, government was created by the people. A lot of people uh, have this misconception because they, they misread uh, Romans 13 and other parts of the Bible. And they say, God created that government. Well, yes and no. Um, God created us. And um, he um, sets out, you know, that there are uh, systems of government that will be in place. But we, the people, created the specific, specific form of government and put that um, structure, that form and that structure into the Constitution. Um, it was done to secure the blessings of liberty. That is the whole point. That's what our Constitution preamble says. Um, and the state constitution, again, grateful to almighty God for the blessings of freedom and earnestly desiring to secure these blessings undiminished to ourselves and our posterity. We, the people of the state of Michigan, established the state constitution. And again, um, the Declaration of Independence reminds us that we are all endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. And to secure these rights, to secure these God-given liberties, Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Those are not just old words on an old piece of paper. That is the essence of exactly why we created the Constitution, what it was supposed to do. So again, that Republican form of government. Um, government acts on behalf of the people. Uh, a Michigan Court of Appeals case from 2020 reminds us of that. It's something we already know, but just to let you know, these are not words that I'm just sprouting off the top of my head. They're things that uh, have been established in courts uh, and um, reiterated very recently. Government derives its authority from the people. So that uh, 2018 Michigan Supreme Court case, case says it best, a constitution is made for the people and by the people, deriving its force from the people who ratified it. I mean, it's all about the people. And the case continues by saying that the constitution contains the principles on which government shall act and by which it shall be bound. So the constitution is created by us we put together this fr this framework of what government's supposed to do, what it's supposed to look like, how it's supposed to function, and gave government certain powers or authorities to act um, in order to 
protect our rights and liberties, to secure our blessings of liberty. In fact, this Michigan Supreme Court case from 2018 says, point blank, the Constitution's most basic functions are to create a form and structure of government, define and limit the powers of government, and provide for the protection of rights and liberties. That literally says it all. So no government entity or government official has the authority to take any action unless the Constitution specifically allows them to do that. So, you know, if you have uh, a government official that says, well, gosh, like um, the governor of Michigan, uh, well, I have this state law from, you know, 1945 that says I'm allowed to uh, control your every move, shut down your businesses, stop you from assembling peacefully, stop you from practicing your religious beliefs, uh, stop you from seeing your families, uh, because this state law says I can do that. Well, no, because no state law is legitimately in place if it violates the Constitution. The Constitution has to be the starting point for permission for any government official to act at any level. So another kind of piece to that, government does, um, it doesn't have its own source of rights, okay? So it doesn't have its own inherent sovereignty, its own ability to own property. In fact, when it holds property, it holds it in trust for the public. Literally, don't look at the government anymore like this thing that exists and has rights and uh, it can do whatever it wants. And we, the people, have to look to the government to get permission on how to whether we can live or breathe or own a house. No, no, that is the way that we've allowed it to become for way too long. That's not the way that it is. And we need to start taking our government back. So um, what about though, um, First Amendment protections. Well, there's an example. I'm just going to give you this as an example. The state of Michigan has a state law, 750.543Z as in zebra, which literally says you cannot prosecute people for things when that conduct is presumptively protected by the First Amendment. So that's just an example. John isn't being prosecuted. There's no criminal charges in his situation. Uh, there are in mine. But in any event, it's just uh, the notion about, you know, we have rights to free speech, peaceably assemble, petition the government for a redress of grievances. When you have any of that conduct, it falls into that protection, that umbrella of protection uh, found in the First Amendment. And when you have that kind of conduct, the government is supposed to put on the brakes and go, wait a minute, we really need to make sure that we have the proper authority to do what we're about to do because that conduct looks like it's protected by the Constitution. That's what they're supposed to do. So, um, and having control over property or over jurisdictions or over certain things does not equal the authority to overwrite the override or overrun the rights of individuals. So in my case, that means just because the township clerk in Allegan County and Layton Township had the authority to control the, the property of the township, that she was the one that was, you know, essentially um, making sure the grounds were mowed and uh, the parking lot was paved and the, the lines for the parking spaces were repainted, whatever. 
those kinds of things, just because she had the control or the authority in that sense over that property does not mean that she had the authority to then utilize that control over the property to run all over my rights that are guaranteed by the constitution and given to me by God. What about in this case with John? Well, you might have the Secretary of State or the Bureau of Elections or any number of people or um, government officials that have certain uh, a certain job or certain duties as it relates to elections. But that does not mean that just by um, running those races, having the ability to make legitimate rules and procedures that that somehow gives them some blanket uh, ability to just make so many regulations and procedures and policies and things that they can completely shut out people from being able to exercise their God-given liberties, such as the ability to run for office. Um, and one last thing, um, I guess, too, that I want to note about in general, not specific to running for office, but it definitely has a big impact here. John mentioned that he took an oath. I forget exactly the words he used, but he mentioned he took an oath to support and defend the U.S. Constitution. Well, uh, Article six of our U.S. Constitution is where you will find uh, the constitutional, the original constitutional oath of office. And um, it's not just for federal officers, it's for state uh, officials as well. In the Michigan Constitution, you'll find it in Article 11, Section 1. Um, that's where you'll see that constitutional oath of office to the state and U.S. constitutions. Um, if you're in another state like Florida, you'll find it in Article 2, Section 5B. Um, but even in Michigan, uh, there's a state law, 15.151, that says if you work for, volunteer for any level, any branch, any part of government, you have to take the constitutional oath to serve in that capacity. If you don't, you're not legitimately in that position. That's something that we overlook quite a bit. The second thing I wanted to mention there is that judges are not allowed to turn away from constitutional violations. When a case is brought to them and somebody is saying, listen, I have the right to do X and the government is trying to stop me, the court's not allowed to turn a blind eye and just say, no, we're just not going to hear this. They're not going to, they're not allowed to turn a blind eye and say, well, you know, um, really, you know, whatever. I can't even stretch my mind to figure out wh what they were thinking when they uh, said that John um, did not have a right to be on the ballot. But it's clear. And um, this has been said in various cases, U.S. Supreme Court cases from 1957, 1983, U.S., uh, excuse me, Michigan Court of Appeals cases from 1982, uh, among many others. But those are the few that I cited in, in this that you'll be able to see in more detail later when I share the document itself. But when government officials violate the Constitution, the Constitution, and this is a quote, does not permit judges to look the other way. Rather, they must call foul when the, when the constitutional lines are crossed, end quote. That's not what they did in John's case. They didn't do that. They didn't call foul and say, whoa, Secretary of State, Bureau of Elections, none of you guys are allowed to do this. John has a right to run for office and you have to prove that there's a legitimate reason why he should be removed from the August ballot. 
Okay, so if you want to run for office, if you're like John, you want to run for office, what does the Constitution say about ballot access? Well, again, let's start with that, the easiest one in my mind, uh, Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. We're guaranteed a Republican form of government. What does that mean? We elect government representatives. Well, we're allowed to then choose, elect, select from those of us we think would best represent us. That's inherent in being able to have that right to an election. Um, next, we need to recognize the U.S. Constitution talks about that the states get to regulate elections, okay? Um, that's in Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, that the time, the place, and the manner of holding elections uh, is supposed to be put into place by the state legislatures. Um in our state constitution in Michigan, Article 2, Section 4, Subsection 2, um, that it is the legislature that's going to regulate the time, the place, and the manner of all nominations, and that means getting on the primary ballot, like John is doing, uh, and elections. Uh, it's their job to preserve the purity of elections, to preserve the secrecy of the ballot, to guard against the abuses of the elective franchise, and to provide for a system of voter registration and absentee voting. That's the job of the legislature. So if the legislature has not specifically put into place a very clear uh, mechanism for changing your district number, um, or for um, disqualifying a candidate uh, based on the circumstances that John went through, that means this is not um, something that can be enforced because it is only the legislature that is supposed to make those determinations and to preserve the purity of elections. But specifically, what about you as a candidate? What about John as a candidate? Uh, what about me when I was um, there with my Restore Freedom Initiative petition in Allegan County Election Day 2020? Well, obviously, there's a freedom of speech issue. The U.S. Constitution, First Amendment, uh, the Michigan Constitution, Article 1, Section 5, and the cases, there's not case law, that's not a thing, but the cases have described this freedom of speech uh, as needing the broadest protection the broadest protection that the government can provide for rights, because that is needed in order to ensure the unfettered interchange of ideas for affecting change. And that that discussion has to be uninhibited, robust, and wide open. So if you're precluded from getting on the ballot or getting your issue on the ballot, if you're stopped from sharing your ideas, if your free speech in that regard is shut down, it's not receiving the broadest protection. Um, this, um, this kind of speech, the courts have also said, is protected against censorship, such as in John's case, or punishment, such as in my case, um, unless it is shown that it will like it's likely to produce a clear and present danger of a serious substantive evil that rises far above public inconvenience, annoyance, or unrest. Let's think about that. Our speech, our ability to uh, to gather, our ability to just have the, the general free speech, those rights that are guaranteed under the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution are guaranteed, are protected 
and given that strong level of protection unless it's likely, unless the government has proven that whatever it is that we're doing, that John was doing, is likely to produce clear and present danger of a substantive evil that rises far above public inconvenience, uh, annoyance, and unrest. I really highly doubt that they even argued or even attempted to argue that John signing that with no way of knowing that he owed $250 for some late filings in his campaign, uh, that that is somehow a serious, substantive evil. I, I, I don't, he's, he's shaking his head no. So I'm, I'm thinking that they didn't even try to argue such a ridiculous thing. Um, my case, uh, they've sure treated me like I was a serious, substantive evil, but they've never even alleged the, the facts that would support the charges, let alone that I did something uh, that inherently wrong. Um, so uh, I, there's other things here that are extremely important um, that I'll probably just go over again in the Constitution segment recap that we'll do on Thursday. Um, but I want to kind of gloss over at least uh, reference some of these other aspects. So if you're running for office, you also need to look at the fact that you have a right to peacefully assemble. That means to have people associate for a common purpose or goal. If you are running for office, that is exactly what you're trying to do. We're trying to get people aligned with our core values to support us uh, in running a campaign. Or uh, if you're just a voter uh, or a campaign volunteer, you are trying to gather those people that share your same core values so you can make sure that it's those types of values that win in the end, because you have a candidate that you have selected to truly represent your interests uh, in that particular office. You have the right to petition your government for a redress of grievances. You have a right to equal protection under the law. How is there equal protection if all of this, so the people that, um, you know, John abided by the protection, uh, excuse me, abided by the legal requirements of the law in uh, his filings in October. No one else was required, um, you know, to file. So somebody that chose to file in April or in March, they were not required um, to, um, you know, do things twice or anything of that nature. The, the rules and regulations gave the opportunity to do the filing. And when John initially did that, he complied with every single piece, every single aspect. And yet he was told because of their inability to use common sense and update the district number, which changed because of nothing to do with John. John didn't move to another district. It was redistricting. So because the government changed things, the government was also uh, unable to figure out how to modify the district number in the campaign systems, then somehow they put additional onus on John to do additional steps. And one of those additional steps uh, led to him all of a sudden now being disqualified. And he wasn't even given the opportunity to know that they um, considered him disqualified three months prior when he still had two months left to fill out the paperwork. Does that sound legitimate? Does that sound like it's equal protection of the law that all candidates had a fair, sh a fair shot at being able to be on that ballot? Um, 
you have the right to not be denied life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Just because John was given a day in court at the Court of Appeals and at the Michigan Supreme Court does not mean he's given due process. He was denied uh, everything from the beginning. That due process of law begins at the very beginning when the Bureau of Elections and Secretary of State or whomever, uh, Board of Canvassers is saying, oh, no, we think, no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna make him jump through additional hoops. And then we're going to say that he um, didn't quite jump high enough on this last one. And so he's now out for the count. That's not due process of law. It's a procedural mechanism that is throwing John out, not something he did inherently wrong. Um, and uh, in the Constitution segment recap, we'll go over that uh, those specific rights where they're found in the Michigan, Florida, and uh, U.S. constitutions. Um, also, what we'll do on Thursday is go over um, the specifics of how all this plays out in my Allegan County Election Day case. So that's going to be the, the Thursday Constitution segment recap that will um, go live at noon. Um, and then we'll talk about um, also how that um, is implicated in John's particular case. Um, it looks like there were a lot of questions. Um, I was just uh, in Michigan last week, um, unfortunately, for um, my mother-in-law's funeral. Oh, I do see somebody's asking about me coming there permanently. Um, well, I was born in Michigan. Um, most of my kids were born in Michigan. Um, my, you know, my, my older kids live there and plan to stay living there. My mother lives there. My grandmother, my in-laws, um, nieces and nephews, uh, Michigan will always be a home, but, um, I am a sunshine girl and, uh, I love the beach. So, um, with that being said, uh oh, we just lost John. He was there the whole time. Um, John, if you can hear me, okay, wait, we got him. Okay. So let me see here. I'm going to change the screen a bit here. Okay. So John, uh, Oh, do I, I have you muted. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. So, um, were you able to, I don't know with your connection issues, were you able to hear, um, some of the, the constitutional highlights about, um, the ability or the right that people have to ballot access here in the United States? Absolutely. And I'm assuming at least some of those arguments might have been things that your attorney was arguing in your case. Yep, some of them were, and they just they said plain language of the law. Sorry, goodbye. They, in fact, in the Supreme Court, they there were uh, the dissenters had an opinion. Everybody else didn't even write an opinion. They just agreed with the, the uh, Court of Appeals. Oh, so, and again, with that, if they're wanting to focus on the plain language of a state statute, of a state law, what they need to realize is that a state law is completely unenforceable unless the authority for the government to act in that scenario is specifically granted in the U.S. or Michigan constitutions. But yet, they don't really seem to focus on the Constitution, do they? Nope, they do not, unfortunately. That's why I'm fighting. That's why I have to keep fighting. This is why I'm in this fight. This is what I'm doing it for. 
So for those of you, um, now that you know we went um, beyond what we were planning to, a lot of uh, technological issues and connection issues and getting us rolling on the conversation, but um, we got there nonetheless. So if you uh, want to hear more from John, either where he stands on certain issues, or if you want to um, know, you know, the specifics of, of what what he's doing going forward. And if he's specifically staying in this race, but as a writing candidate, or if he's continuing the fight in some other way, I know he's continuing to fight one way or the other. I can tell you that. But if you want to know more about the specifics for John, we shared that link, vote uh, johnrosha.com. Make sure to check that out as well as at 8 p.m. tomorrow on his Facebook page. Um, he's making some specific announcements with that. Um, if you want to look uh, or learn more about um, the what the Constitution has to say about your right to be a candidate, to get an issue or a person on the ballot, we will definitely talk about that more on Thursday at noon uh, with Restore Freedom here. Um, and I'm sure that um, you'll see myself uh, and John at various events, uh, even in Michigan, even for me, um, yet this summer. Um, but uh, consider looking into um, especially John's situation and what really happened. And it'll be just one of those examples. If you could see yourself in that position, John's not, have you ever even run for any um, office before? Nope, never have. So this is not a career politician, ladies and gentlemen. This is not somebody who is just in government to be in government, who's always been in government. Have you ever been employed by the state of Michigan? Nope, never have. Uh, other than when you were uh, in the military serving your country and risking your everything, your life and everything uh, to protect our freedom. Other than that, have you ever worked for the federal government? Never have. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this is somebody who is just like you and me, um, except for he's actually literally put his life on the line uh, for our freedom in the armed forces. Um, but other than that, he's just like one of us where he's an average Joe. He's not uh, a career politician. He's not some government employee. He's not somebody who has this sense of entitlement and that he is going to just stay in government one way or another so that, you know, the people will have to keep footing the bill for what he wants to do. That's not at all who John is. Uh, so whether you support him in his uh, race, whether you're living in a totally different state, just at least pay attention and learn more about his situation so you can understand the kinds of crap and the corruption and the ridiculousness that we have gotten to, the level of yuck by the government at all branches and all levels uh, in this country. And knowing specifically the kinds of things they're doing is the only way that you're going to start to be able to truly be able to fight back. So um, uh, with that, John, was there anything else that you thought would be missing or that we should uh, send people off with for the day? No, exactly that. If you want to talk to me, if you have questions, uh, anything like that, I'm very accessible. My phone number is out there. I'll even put it at 269-447-0668. It's already all over my literature and my Facebook and everything else. So I always feel represent a representative should be in direct contact with people. Um, and I think that's incredibly important, even if I'm not in your district. Let's talk. You have questions. I'm more than happy to field that Facebook text, phone call. Let's let's make that happen. All right. Well, you heard it from John, everybody. So um, 
contact if you have questions. Again, with me, if you have questions about the, the constitutional aspects today, please join us on Thursday because we will have a, a more focused um, recap and, and drilling down of all of those aspects of the Constitution. Um, thank you, John, for joining me today. And uh, it's too bad your uh, connection in the middle of nowhere of West Michigan decided it didn't want to play nice, but uh, we got through it. So that was good. Um, definitely good luck on whatever your announcement is for tomorrow. Um, and uh, I don't even know what I have going on tomorrow. Hopefully I have a chance. I don't ever watch Facebook lives, which is weird because now I, I do them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I may have to uh, have Lori take a peek and then tell me the highlights. But um, anyway, right. um, thanks for coming on and thank you all um, for watching today and supporting. Uh, the one thing I would ask of everybody today uh, is prayer prayer that John knows his uh, direction, a clear path that God would want him to take in this particular uh, situation he's in and prayer in my situation that I know uh, each step of the paths that I need to take as well as um, help with uh, paying for the out-of-pocket costs for the appeals in my case, which is now um, over $3,500 just out of pocket. Of course, that's not, not attorney's fees because I don't pay myself. But um, any help that you guys can provide would be great. And uh, I'm sure Lori has shared links, but if she hasn't, it's also on our website. So I'm sure John, actually, I know John has on the landing page of his website. If you go to that vote, johnrosha.com, if you wanted to help his uh, fight for freedom by donating, uh, of course, the attorneys are not free for him either to go to the Michigan Supreme Court and everything else. Um, so uh, please make sure that if you want to financially support John, you go to his website, votejohnrosha.com and click on one of those buttons to donate that way. Thank you so much, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much, Catherine.